racetracks around Australia. Here's Inside Motorsport. This week, we speak to Chris Landon on the up-and-coming around of the supercars at Hidden Valley. We also have a chat with Ben Beasley as he wraps up the Saxon Rally of Tasmania. Ravel Steering is Canberra's longest established steering and suspension specialist. With their experience, there are no better people to turn to for shock absorbers, TRW tie rod ends and ball joints, polyurethane suspension bushes and the famous king springs. Ravel Steering offer a range of wheel alignment and balancing. So call today to find out why your vehicle's steering and suspension can be maintained or improved by Ravel Steering. 28 Mort Street, Braddon, phone 6247-7711. Chris Lambden, Bob Jane has seemed to throw a spanner in the works for drag racing circles as he is not going to be Andrew's sanctioned for 1998. Well, yes, look, this isn't the first time this, this has happened. I mean, uh, you know, Bob Jane in particular has from time to time come up with uh, different ways, different schemes of running all sorts of motorsport in Australia. Um, obviously, they have control of uh, NASCAR racing because they're the, basically the only venue. And, you know, people will remember a few years back his, uh, his uh, combat with uh, cams over motorsport in general. So, you know, I, I remain a bit philosophical about all this stuff, and I think we'll just wait and see what what the final outcome is. Um, it's all very well to... Uh, to come up with these, with uh, you know some of these some of these bright ideas, but at the end of the day, that you know some, sometimes when you get to the small print, uh, that's where a lot of them fall over, and we end up back with the status quo. When we look at the the big picture of motor racing at the moment, we also have Mark Weber doing some great stuff, and over in Germany, Mark and Bird Schneider have uh, gone flag to flag for another win in the GT Championship. Well, yes, now that's the second uh, second win in two rounds of the of the uh, GT champions, sorry, three rounds, and uh, they're now clearly uh, at the top of the table, uh, Mark and, and Bernd Schneider as, as co-drivers. Uh, really a faultless performance. This was the first time they'd used the V8 car uh, that they raced at Le Mans in, in the actual GT championship, and it performed faultlessly. What a shame it didn't at Le Mans itself. But, uh, yeah, you know, things are looking very, very rosy for Mark. I mean, if anything, they're... Uh, the, the dominance of the GT Championship is almost too easy. Um, you know, Mark needs a, uh, a forum where he can really, really show show up. But, uh, you know, the, the news we get back is that when he's in the car, he's, a, he's the fastest thing on the track, and all that kind of stuff doesn't go unnoticed by the people that matter. And David Brabham, third place at the end of that run, must be uh, very exciting for him in the um, Riley Scott entry. Well, yes, that's an outstanding result because, of course, this race was in Germany, the home of Porsche, and uh, it's like getting third, they'd be Porsche. So um, that that team really is, is is coming along with major, major strides, and uh, you know, having our own, one of our own in there amongst it is, is good too. The championship is turning into something quite entertaining, and um, you know, we just have to hope that it, it leads to, to uh, even bigger things for for, for some of them. Mm. And, of course, next weekend, all the cars going up to Hidden Valley for the first time, and uh, this race is going to prove to be quite an interesting one. Well, it is now, because uh, after much discussion and uh, arguing backwards and forwards, Cam has confirmed, or rather rubber stamped, the Tiga team view that the, the two championship contenders, Russell Ingle and Craig Lowndes, will have to drive the brand-new VT Commodores that their respective teams have just produced. And neither team wanted that because the cars are very, very new 
in racing terms. They they really don't have a uh, a, a decent spares of entry for the cars. They don't have enough data on how the cars work best, and it's a real really throws the the championship between the two, which I think it is now. Um, it, it brings in another element. If, if either of the team has a failure with this new car, that could very well decide the championship. Motorsport News is on sale now with uh, all the information from Lakeside, the goings-on in the drag racing world, as Jared McDonan once again covers that. And um, You would have noticed on, on the cover, we've had a, uh, our graphics people have come up with their very, very accurate view of what the new Ford Falcon V8 touring car is going to look like next year. Um, the the road going model of the, the the thing called the AU still hasn't even uh, been released yet in Australia, but uh, race teams do have their body shells already to be working on under massive security so that no one sees them. Um, but you know, there's been spy photos around, and our uh, our graphics guy Bernie Walsh, who who actually works for the Australian, uh, does have some contacts, and uh, we think it's a very very accurate view of of what the Falcon's going to be like next year. And uh, surprise, surprise, it's not hugely different to the, the new VT Commodore, which is, I suppose, just a, a result of the fact that car designs around the world are starting to look more and more similar. Yes, it is one of the shames of racing, isn't it? Hmm. But uh, anyway, interesting-looking thing. And for the really eagle-eyed reader, uh, who will have noticed that our, uh, our story accompanying that front-page uh, uh, picture actually disappears, uh, the second half of the story was meant to appear in further inside the magazine, and due to a, would you believe, a major technical drama, it didn't. We'll be following that all up, of course, next week. All right. Well, it's just a way of continuing it on, like the Brock story. <laughs> <laughs> well, something like that, except, of course, this was entirely accidental. To contact Inside Motorsport, please send email to revel at spirit.com.au. Duncan Payne had an opportunity to catch up with Ben Beasley on the Saxon Rally of Tasmania. Uh, Neil didn't drive well isn't fair because he really did and Possum was just better. <laughs> the, um, um, I mean, now, I mean, they were, they were winning, they won the heat by, you know, four minutes from third place. So, I mean, that's sort of an indication of saying how close it was. It was seven seconds yesterday and it was about 43 seconds today to Possum Bourne. But um, over a rally, which is around 200 kilometres of competitive stages, that's um, pretty close when you break it down to sort of time per kilometre and that sort of thing. We'll have a look at Formula 2 where uh, a lot of action has been happening with a lot of good crews and good cars competing for the championship, and our own Rick Bates has almost stitched up a championship. That's right. I mean, you, a lot of people talk about how well Possum Bourne's done this year, but Rick Bates has won, you know, nearly every heat in Formula 2 as well. And um, down here, um, the, the good thing from the Daihatsu standpoint of view was that um, Ross McKenzie was nearly as quick as him. A um, little bit of conjecture. They say that Rick um, got a one-minute penalty yesterday for jumping uh, the start of the first stage, but then there was about four or five other cars who got pinged for jumping the first stage, so um, Rick sort of uh, um, in there arguing with the stewards to say, hey, maybe it's the guy who's um, telling us to go who's got the problem. I mean, if you've got one car who jumps the start on the stage, yeah, it's the driver or co-driver's fault, but not when there's four or five cars doing it. So if that turns around, Rick won yesterday, and he would win again today. But... Um, I don't think he's too disappointed because it was such a great showing from Daihatsu anyway, and uh, Ross McKenzie was certainly happy. So um, from the championship standpoint of view, um, he might still be alive going to Melbourne. All right, that'll be the final round of the Australian Rally Championship Super Series. Possum Bourne has wrapped up the big one. We're waiting on the uh, F2 run. All right, we're having a look now at the Rally of New Zealand. We understand that uh, our own Neil Bates is going over there, there to compete in the uh, Corolla WRC. 
and of course he'll be head-to-head -head with his old nemesis, I guess it's becoming now Potton Bourne, and uh, will the Toyota team be running with the Dunlop tyres that he's got over here? Yes, that, that's correct, yeah. It's part of the development, um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't know this, but Neil's now the number one priority in the world in rallying for Dunlop. They, um, he, every rally when he comes to the ARC, he's got a couple of uh, Japanese tyre technicians in tow all the way from, from, from Japan, um, and they bring new tyres every time they come to a rally, so they want to go to New Zealand to a, a lot, obviously a longer event and uh, try to get the tyres right over there in looking ahead for uh, Rally Australia. Another blast from the past is going to New Zealand, that's Ed Odinsky, who hasn't done an ARC at all Ed this who? year. Ed who? Ed who, exactly. He's going to uh, Rally New Zealand, so um, it'll be good to see the, the three top um, drivers from um, the last few years. Um, even Michael Guest is going as well, so he's going for, in the Group N, so... A lot of good Australian talent making the trip over to the land of the long white cloud for, for Rally New Zealand. All right, now we should uh, mention Group N at the Factor Safari's uh, Rally of Tasmania because it has been a hotly contested category all year and Cody Croker was doing a great job in the Subaru. Did he manage to keep that uh, standard up? Yeah, yeah, he won yesterday and today he came about three seconds behind Stuart Reid and um, Stuart Reid has had an absolute shocking year, like... Uh, um, He's probably got the worst luck of anybody. Yesterday, he blew a turbo, had punctures, and today, you know, when all four wheels stay on the car and the motor stays together, he's very difficult to uh, to get by. And he was he he won today, but um, it looks like Cody was the one who was a big improver because Spencer Lowndes, who was leading, um, had quite a few problems yesterday. I think he finished maybe fifth in Group N, something like that. And today, he didn't finish. So um, um, things are certainly moving and shaking in Group N. That's, that's probably the closest category and it'll be decided in Melbourne that's for sure because uh, uh, there's, there's not a lot of drivers who have done the entire Super Series in Group N which is making it sort of difficult to follow as compared to the outright and Formula 2 guys but um, probably any one of the four or five drivers could, um, could win Group N. Joining us on the line now is one man that everyone was thrilled to see uh, back at Willowbank Raceway and that was Jim Reed. Jim, how's things going for getting your top fuel campaign back on the rails? Well, you know, we're working hard at it, as you can tell by Willowbank. We uh, were very fortunate that a very long-time supporter of our team wins. Uh, you know, supplied us with enough funding to go out there and do that race, and uh, we're, we're quite pleased with the results after being a year out, but we're still looking for other supporters, so if anyone's listening and they've got any money, there's plenty of spaces on the car available. Right. Drag racing has really been going from strength to strength, uh, and that meeting up at Willowbank just, I think, really astounded the Willowbank uh, track officials and supporters there as well with the number of entries and the quality of racing. Well, it's a, it's a testament to the dedication of the of the uh, guys up there because remember, all of these fellows were my fellow, were, all of these guys were my fellow competitors um, back in the seventies and uh, the early eighties. They they were a bunch of guys who put their their reputation and their houses on the line to um, develop the venue. And uh, today it's worth probably $16, $18 million. They put 36,000 people in there for the uh, Winter Nationals. So I think it was about four degrees on the start line at the final. And uh, let me tell you, a brave crowd who, who would sit there that long for such good quality racing. It has been. You've spent a year out of it, but we're still managing to get right on the pace once you uh, jump back in the car. That must have been heartening for yourself and the whole team. Yeah, we, we, were, we were quite pleased with 
with the, the way the car actually went, considering we'd been out for a year. And when we went back there, everything was totally different from the year before as far as our engine uh, tune-up and clutch management system went. Uh, but we would have liked to have probably had, you know, a race under our belt before we went there, but there was nowhere to go. So, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll see us out there at the next event that's on, whenever that's going to be. We're not sure at this stage, and uh, we'll be able to fine-tune this thing to get people interested. All right. Now, it's with all the the dramas there, Graham Cowan having that big accident before the uh, start of the race, it uh, did sort of leave a bit of a sour note on that meeting, but I would imagine that Graham's back on his feet and doing well. Yes, he is. Um, you know, we mentioned before about the cold air and the and, and the track temperatures. Um, you know, it, it, it's spectacular to see fuel cars and things like that of a night, but, you know, there were quite a few accidents. Um, I'm not going to blame the the actual conditions or the track, but it, it doesn't help to run in those cold conditions with these uh, fuel cars. They they really don't like that type of air. People think that that's great for us, but it isn't. It's, uh, uh, you know, good conditions for a top fuel car is probably somewhere around about 80 degrees track temperature and about 12 to 1,500 feet of air. At Willowbank, we had six, 16 degrees track temperature and uh, and uh, the air was minus 450 feet. So you, you can imagine we are battling the elements. Your car and equipment that you came back with all brought out from the United States. Has there been much of a revolution in equipment since in the couple of last couple of years? Yes, um, there's been a, a a hell of an improvement in um, in the cylinder head design in the in the uh, spark department. Uh, they've gone from running seven and a half amp mags to fifteen uh, amp mags and. Uh, you know, that makes a hell of a difference. The superchargers themselves are, are probably better constructed these days to, to sustain, you know, longer use. And um, and the, the general knowledge in the clutch department has been a big improvement as well. So that, that's why you're seeing a lot better times in the United States. The, the amazing thing, we were talking off air about computers and the knowledge in computers, but nowadays it seems to me you need to have uh, that onboard computer and all the data that you're getting off the car, you need someone who just specialises in that, who uh, pretty much can tell you more about what's happening in the car than you can. Well, yes, and now we're, you know, the, the type of information we get, uh, you know, we, we're all up to speed on that knowledge, uh, but that's a very, very, very limited, limited uh, field. You know, it's easy. You, you download it, you feed it in, and you look at what the RPM was doing, and you make, you have a preset, um, set of rules to say that you have to have so many pounds of boost at so many seconds and so many gallons of fuel and the clutch uh, tail shaft combination should be so, should be locked up at such and such and so it's really that the computer is there to tell you that it's doing what you programmed it to do so it's not all that hard to read it. With Top Fuel it seems to go on, it's got good numbers now Top Door Slammer seems to be building on its strength and Pro Stock is just such a fantastic class that it seems like Andrew's put in place to develop the top levels has been working. Yes, yeah, so, you know. Look, I'm not trying to wave. I'm not trying to wave our flag at all. But um, you know, the Winfield Pro Series was probably the best thing that ever happened for drag racing because it allowed it over five or six years to develop, uh, supplied the funding to help the, uh, the the pro categories develop, and and you know they've gone ahead strength to strength. I, I was never a pro stock fan up until the last couple of years and by gee it's a fantastic bracket now that really goes out there and really puts on a hell of a good show and so do the door slammer 
let me tell you, we've been through rougher time, and we'll get over this one. But you can you can rest assured when we get over this one, we, we'll be we'll be looking after ourselves, and we and uh, and uh, you know if we're given the opportunity to show what we can do, I'm sure we can do a better job. Jim Reed, it has been a pleasure catching up with you. I've appreciated your time, and I'm sure all the drag racing fans down here agree wholeheartedly with your sentiments. And uh, well, we just look forward to seeing the group ones back. Now, your car's in your workshop, ready to go? I'm standing here talking to you, and I'm looking at it. All right. So when do you think we might be able to see you back on the track again? Next fuel race. Next fuel race. If somebody can tell me where it is, we'll be there. For more Australian motorsport news, choose the newspaper with the most motorsport news. For subscription details, email msnews at corplink.com.au. Motorsport News, proud partners of Inside Motorsport. Thanks for being with us. I hope you can join us next time on Inside Motorsport. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media in the studios of Triple SFM Canberra via Comrade Sat with the support of the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia.